You're listening to Dwelling Place Podcast, sponsored by Parkside Bible Church. Our goal is to have a conversation about how we can become a dwelling place for God by His Spirit, centered on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to Dwelling Place Podcast. I'm Joe. I'm glad you're joining us today. We're starting a new kind of podcast mini-series thing, talking about what is the point of church. It doesn't really have a definite time frame of when we're going to stop talking about church, but I thought this would be a good place if you have any questions about the purpose of church or why we do certain things at church, what is communion, uh, why do we sing songs, those kind of questions. Uh, Feel free to ask me those at church or an email, text, Facebook, whatever you want to do. I'd really like to answer those uh, briefly, but hopefully a little bit in depth as well. So today we're going to start off with a, a straightforward question, but this is totally one that everyone's come across. Um, I remember being about 12 years old, maybe a little bit younger than that, but I grew up in church. We went every Sunday, went every Wednesday. We were there pretty much every time the doors were open. And I remember sitting there singing a hymn that I didn't really understand. I'd never heard that song before. And I was just sitting there, and I looked around, and I thought, why do we do this? What is the point of church? I grew up doing it, so it's kind of like a habit, so I'd always assumed that you just do it. But then I thought, how come some of my friends don't go to church? Why does my family go to church? What is the point of all of this? And if you're anything like me, you've probably had an experience like that at some point. Maybe you grew up in church and had that same kind of experience when you were in your early teens or something. Or maybe you didn't grow up in church and started coming to church, but still were like, why do we do this? This is strange. No other part of life do we do things like this. We don't sing songs together. We don't talk about our lives in a big group. We don't pray um, in different spheres of social life. Why do we do this at church? What is the point of all this? So hopefully, uh, as we talk about church a little bit, some of that will become more clear. The first thing I want to start talking about is what is church in general? Where does that come from? And maybe it's just a a word that we assume is everywhere because we live in West Michigan or because you go to a church if you're listening to this, or even if you don't go to church and you're listening to this, uh, you've seen churches or heard that word before. But where does it come from? Um, In the New Testament, the Greek word for church is ekklesia, and that comes from a different Greek word called kaleo. And in that kaleo word, you might even be able to pick out the word call, kaleo. Uh, It's calling someone, calling out someone. So the word ekklesia comes from being called out. And this isn't like called out, like calling you out for the wrong things that you're doing. But more it comes from this picture where people would kind of gather in the streets of first century towns and they'd uh, do something. Maybe it was like... uh, talking about philosophical ideas, or sometimes it was a mob. Uh, Paul in Ephesus experiences a mob, and the word ecclesia is used there. But when these people would gather in the streets, what they would do is they would literally call people out from their houses to come join this thing. So you call them out from your house, and then you did something together. So it's being called out for a specific purpose. So it's not really a technical word. It doesn't Uh, always only mean church is where we go. It's more just kind of this general assembling, coming together for a purpose. So the word ecclesia, 
which becomes church later, that word is used throughout scripture for really different things. And so what we have to do when we talk about church and us going to church and uh, the church in reference to Jesus Christ, we have to define what we're talking about. Um, in Colossians, the Apostle Paul does this kind of, and this is his favorite way to talk about uh, the church that is in Christ. But Paul, in the first chapter of Colossians 1, says a bunch of stuff, but specifically in verse, uh, let's start in 15. So Colossians 1, 15. Paul says this, Christ is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. Jumping down to verse 15, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. And then verse 18 is where we want to focus. And he, that's talking about Jesus, is the head of the body, comma, the church. So Paul talks about the church that comes together because of Jesus as the body. Jesus is the head of that church and we are the body of that church. So the church universally around the world is made up of anyone who has professed Jesus as Lord and Savior. So if you have confessed your sins and believed in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead, you are in Christ. And everyone else that has done that is put into this massive uh, body across the world of people who have done that same thing. So the church is partly universal. And this is kind of capitalized church, so the capital C church. That's talking about everyone who is in Christ. When I went to the Philippines on a missions trip, uh, I came from like Byron Center, Granville, flew all the way around the world, almost the farthest you could be away from here. And there were people there that were Christians. And I was related to them at a deeper level than uh, people I worked with that weren't Christians, than even people in my family that aren't Christians. I was connected to these uh, Christians in the Philippines because we're all part of the universal church together. Now, there's that universal church idea, everybody who's in Christ, but that also expresses itself in local bodies of Christ. So local communities uh, that are all together because they live in one place. So even though I was connected to the churches in the Philippines, those were still their own unique, specific churches that had local jobs to do in those communities. So Parkside is different because we're in Holland. We have people from Zealand, people from Saugatuck, people from Grand Haven that come together, and we are a local expression of the body of Christ. In the Philippines, there were a bunch of churches over there, and they were in the villages or in the towns, and those were local expressions of the body of Christ. And they were churches. So there's universal church, everyone in Christ, but there's also local churches that are individual expressions of that. So uh, I guess the next question is uh, that you may be asking is, what's the point then? If everyone's already in Christ, I don't have to do anything. It's by grace through faith that I become a part of the church. Why do I have to go to church? What's the point of it? Well, Paul also talks about uh, people that are in Christ as forming the church together. You can't just go off on your own and be part of a local church because you're not actually doing anything with it. You may be spiritually developing yourself, which is good and has its place, but we really have to be together to understand the richness of being in Christ. In 1 Corinthians 3, Paul says, don't you know you are a temple of God 
and the Holy Spirit lives in and among you. And that you there is not you singular, but it's y'all, all of you together. God dwells among you. Ephesians 2 is the same thing. So there's a few things I want to get across here. Uh, the reason that we gather at a very theoretical, theological level is the church is a body, and that's how God is glorified. So we are all different pieces that come together to make one thing. And it's important for us to be together because that's how we do our best work. That's how we abound in the Lord's work is together. Uh, in Ephesians 3, Paul says that the church displays the manifold wisdom of God. So us together display the deep richness of God's character, his wisdom, his love. And that's deeper shown when we're together than just individually. Um, but also, practically, the gospel pattern of death and resurrection is really lived out in relationships. If you don't ever uh, conflict with someone, if you don't ever have to confront someone, if you're never confronted about uh, your sin, then you don't have an opportunity to be forgiven or to show grace. All of those things that are inside of the gospel happen in our relationships. So the gospel and faith in Jesus Christ brings us in to Christ. But then as we are living this Christian life, we work out the gospel among one another. Paul says to Philemon that he prays that their partnership in the faith might be effective. So it's not just having salvation and not just being an individual person that has salvation, uh, but doing something with it, going somewhere with it. And that happens in between each other. And the last thing is, uh, and this is just more kind of my observation from life, and this is probably in scripture somewhere, I hope so, um, but there's really benefits in long-term commitment to a church that can only happen when you're faithful over a long period of time. So if you commit yourself to a church uh, and stay there, even through the ups and downs of it, there are going to be deep, rich benefits that you can only experience over decades. Um, and I'm not saying that if you've left a church before that you were wrong to do that. I'm not saying that at all. Uh, but when you go to a church, commit yourself to it for a while. Uh, start getting in those relationships. Even when those relationships get hard, that's really where the gospel can start to work and we start living this Christian life deeply. So I hope uh, that this has been helpful. And again, if you have any questions or want to know specific things that we do at church, feel free to email me or text me or call me or talk to me on Sunday. I'd love to answer those. And we'll come back together next week to talk a little bit more about what it means to be the church. Thanks. Bye.